You are listening to Discovery Church Podcast. We're in our third week. We have one more week of our series, Hello, Discovering the Art of Hearing God's Voice. And so um, our, our text for, uh, for this series has been John chapter 10, verse 3 through 5, and I believe they'll have it on screen. It says this, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. I keep forgetting this is up here. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. This morning, for those of you that are taking notes, I want to talk to you from the subject, whisper or wants. Whisper or wants. I was going to name this uh, message God or gas, but my wife was like, that may be a little inappropriate. So, so I changed it. So whispers or wants. Whispers or wants. I'm going to pray one more time and we'll, we'll get started. Father, we love you. God, I thank you for this opportunity that we have to come here and to worship you, God, and to give you glory. God, I pray that within the next couple minutes that we have left, God, that you would speak through me. God, you know, each and every need of every person sitting in this room, God, there's no way that I could speak to each need, but I know you can, Holy Spirit. And so I pray that you would minister to hearts today. Whatever someone is needing to hear, would you just speak to them? God, we thank you that you are a speaking God. Father, we want to leave different than how we came in. God, we, there's too many things in our life that we need to do that we don't have time to just come here and do karaoke and listen to a motivational speaker. We, we want to leave changed. Not for our, our own benefit, but so that we can change our world. God, we love you so much. In Jesus' name. Come on, everyone say Amen, amen. Hey, so for those of you that don't know, I have, uh, I have three kids now. I, just, I, I originally just had two kids, and that was kind of the plan. We, we, we were kind of, we were, we were done, you know. My, my oldest is going to be eight, and then my, sec, my middle child is, is going to be five, and, and so we were done. And then my wife, she like just one day, she just, she couldn't keep her hands off me, hey. Y'all are old. You know what I'm talking about. And so out of nowhere, we have our third child. And he, and he is now four months old. I love him a lot. But, but can I tell you just like that five-year period of not having a baby, uh, I forgot all kinds of things about having a kid. But you, you, here's the interesting, and for those of you that have more than just one kid, you, you're, you're going to be like, yeah, this is so true. We, we spend so much excitement on the firstborn. Then the second one comes in, and we, we probably cut that in half. And then the third one comes, and you're like, oh, I have a third kid. Like, it's, <laughs> is that just me? Oh, the judgment. <laughs> And so, 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 um, I, and I say that because I remember when, when uh, my, my son, my, my oldest, was born, I was, we, my wife and I, we were just so excited to have our first 
baby. And I remember the discussion that I think maybe a lot of parents have is this idea of uh, whose name the baby is going to say first. Right, like dad, dad always wants the baby to say daddy first, and, and mommy always wants to say the baby to say mommy first. And I remember my wife and I, we, we had this little bet going, like who, who, whose name is the baby going to say first? Eli, our, our son. And, and so um, I remember, I remember uh, my son, I was watching him, and I, man, I could have sworn, I could have sworn he was like, da-da. Right? And I'm excited. I'm like, I won. (laughs) Right? And so I go to my wife and I'm like, I'm like, baby, like Eli just said, Dada. And my wife's like, chill, he's only a week old. Right? Like, (laughs) I'm like, don't judge me. And, and, and so she, I said, uh, I said, uh, babe, like, I, I think that, I think he said, Dada. And she's like, no, he didn't say, he probably just said blah, blah, blah. And I was like, how dare you? Like, I was like, I'm reading the jealousy meter and it's just like, it's, it's out of this room. And, and so I was like, babe, don't be jealous over the fact that he didn't say blah, blah. He said, da, da. Like, I understand that you're mad because you wish he said mama. But he clearly loves me more. Praise God. <laughs> And he said, Dada. And I was like, what? I vividly recall this. I'm like, babe, whatever. I just, you know, you're like, you're just being negative right now. I don't need that in my life. And so I remember leaving. And uh, I remember thinking, just, just being so proud, like, oh, man, he said, Dada. Oh, he loves me a lot. And then all of a sudden, just this little thought in my head came. And was like, what if he didn't say Dada? Like, what if my wife is right? What if he said, blah, blah, blah? And then I just started getting real insecure. (laughs) You know, like, just because at first I was just so confident. Like, he said this. And then I began to question, maybe he didn't say this and he said that. And I remember just, just really feeling overwhelmed. I remember thinking, man, I wish there was a way that, that, that could help me discover and filter what he said so I could know for sure if he said da-da or if he said blah, blah, blah. Here's why I'm telling you this. Because I think that the same uh, frustration and the same confusion happens when it comes to whether or not we believe God is speaking to us. See, if you were, if you're just new this week, we, we've been on this series for the past two weeks, and we've been uncovering this idea that, that um, God speaking is not the issue. It's that we're not tuning our ears to hear God speak to us. That we're uncovering this idea that God is speaking. He wants to speak to you. He's telling you things. But the frustration comes when you're standing there and you're thinking, "Is is this a whisper or is this my want? Is this God's whisper? Last week we talked about how God, he, he communicates to us, not just through uh, the audible voice, 
Uh, he also speaks to us uh, through people, but also, and this is how he, God speaks most of the time, is through a small whisper. And it's that, that whisper that he does in our hearts, that whisper that he does in our spirit and in our mind. And, and, and so, like, I was thinking about this and, and how great it would be if there is a way that we can filter what, what, uh, what we're hearing and, and, to def- and to know whether or not this is God's whisper or if this is just our want. I think it would help us a lot if, if we can learn how to determine, how to decipher God's whisper. So we know if it's a whisper or if it's a want. A whisper or, or a want. And so how many of you here would, would just love to be able to have like a, some type of filter to know? Show of hands. Yeah. Just, just this idea of filtering and processing what, whether or not this is my whispers, this is God's whisper or my want. But here's, here's the good news is that you are not alone. You are not alone. Hey. Did anyone else just go there when I said that? Yeah. Yeah, come on. High school dance, you just. Anyways, focus. I'm running out of time. Uh, so so you're, you're not alone. If, if you've ever been frustrated of trying to decide whether this is God whispering to me or if this is just my wants, you are in good company because in the Bible there is a prophet who had the same frustration going on. Now, for those of you that are unfamiliar with what a prophet is, a prophet during this time, it was a person that God would speak to, and this person, would, the prophet, would speak on behalf of God. And so it would be a good thing, like, if the prophet could hear and decide, decipher whether it was a whisper or a want. And so, uh, so there, there, there is this prophet, and his name was Samuel. And Samuel... Uh, we're going to read in chapter 3 just this frustration of trying to figure out who is speaking to him. But before we get to chapter 3, what I, I want us to do is I, is I want to lay a foundation of, of really the story of Samuel. Because as frustrated as it could have been for Samuel that we're going to read in chapter 3, interestingly enough, Samuel was born actually out of a frustration. See, Samuel's mom, Hannah, she, she couldn't have a baby. She, she, she was unable to, to, to give birth, to, to, to have a baby. And, and she became really frustrated with God. Have you guys just ever been frustrated? <laughs> Two people. <laughs> Woo. Uh, liar. <laughs> and, and so Samuel, uh, she, she was just frustrated with God. And we're going to start in 1 Samuel chapter 1 and verse 10. Verse 10, and Hannah prays this prayer of frustration and desperation. Check it out, verse 10. Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord, and she made this vow. O Lord of heaven's army, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for the entire lifetime, and as as a sign, and as a sign, that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. Now, have you ever just given one of those desperate prayers to God before? God, if you do this, I'll do this. God, if you get me this job, I promise 
I'll be generous. God, if you get me out of this ticket, I promise I will never speed. God, if you get me through this exam, I promise I will not procrastinate again. And I will, like, this, this prayer of desperation. God, if you do this, then I'll do this. This is really the tone of Hannah's prayer right here. This idea, God, if you give me this child, then I promise I'll give him to you. Now, the difference, perhaps, between your and my desperate prayer in the moment and Hannah's desperate prayer in the moment is that Hannah she meant it. Hannah, she, she, she desperately meant, God, if you do this for me, then I'll, I'll do this. And it's amazing how, how it's as if God knew Hannah's heart and knew that Hannah would follow through with what she did. Because as you read on, God gave Hannah the ability to have a baby. Come on. Gave her the ability to have a baby. And the Bible says that when Samuel was weaned, that, that, that Hannah, she, she brought baby Samuel to the tabernacle and met with the priest, Eli. And here, let me read this to you. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 26. Sir, do you remember me, Hannah said. I am, the, I am the very woman who stood here several years ago praying to the Lord. I asked the Lord to give me this boy, and he has granted my request. Now I am giving him to the Lord, and he will belong to the Lord his whole life. And they worship the Lord there. So she follows through with what she had promised. And her son Samuel is now under the care of Eli. And that concludes chapter 1 of 1 Samuel. Then we get into chapter 2 of 1 Samuel, and it's really broken up into two pieces. The first half of chapter 2 is this prayer of thanksgiving that Hannah gives to God. And then the second half of chapter 2 is all about how Eli's kids are evil and how uh, that God's going to deal with them. And then we get to chapter 3. And chapter 3 is really the heart of, of the message and the frustration of trying to decide and decipher who is speaking to you. Is it God's whispers or is it my wants? And so we're going to pick up at verse 1, chapter 3. And it says this, Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly, the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied, what is it? He got up, and he ran to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. And again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli. Say, go back to bed. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. I think verse 7 is very key to this passage. And if there is a verse that should encourage you, I believe it's, 
It's verse 7 because in verse 7, the Bible says that Samuel did not yet know God's voice. And it's very encouraging to me because Samuel, if there was anybody that was prepped and destined to hear God's voice, it was Samuel. And yet, even though he was primed and prepped and ready to, to, to follow God and to serve God, hearing God's voice did not come naturally. It didn't come easy, but in fact, it was something that he had to craft and learn how to hear God's voice. So I love that because no matter where you're at today, no matter your backstory, no matter if you've grown up in church your whole life or this is your first time in church for a while, the good news is that the Bible says God is not a respecter of person. So it doesn't matter your past. It doesn't matter if you, if you think that God will speak to you. It's a matter of learning to craft and tune your ear to hear your voice because God wants to speak to you no matter your backstory. He, he wants to speak to you no matter, no matter your upbringing. He, he wants to speak to you no matter what, what faith that you brought. Like he wants to speak to you. And it's just a matter of us learning to turn Tune our ears to hear and to decipher whether it's God's whispers or if it's our wants. He continues on. So the Lord called, verse 8, the third time. So, so three times. Samuel's trying to sleep. Come on, if you all have kids, you know. <laughs> Samuel's trying to sleep. And God's like, Samuel, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel wakes up. He goes to Eli. Eli's like, I didn't call you. Three times that happened. Then Eli realized that it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. If someone calls again, say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed and the Lord came and called us before Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. With our next moments together, I, I want to give you four filters that, that you can process whether or not this is God speaking to you or whether or not it's just your want. And I do want to say this, that these four filters, they work together. So it's not like, oh, I'm going to use this filter and I'm not going to use this. Like they all work hand in hand. Okay, and so these are four filters, and so whatever you feel like uh, that, that God is speaking to you, these are the four things, the four ways that you can filter what you're hearing to decipher whether or not this is God speaking to me or not. And so here, here's the first one, the first filter, filter one for you note takers, the Bible. Does it line up with the Bible. Does it line up with the Bible? I love what Psalms 119 and verse 105 says. It says, your word is a lamp unto my feet. It's a light to my path. Like It's this idea that, that God's word, both spoken and written, it, it, it does this job of helping us navigate through situations. 
Help us navigate through, through circumstances. It helps us uh, navigate and, and shine light on things that, that we need clarity on. And if God is speaking to us, you can best be, uh, you, can, you can guarantee that if he's speaking to you, that it's going to line up with what's in his word. I, I met a friend, or I ran into a friend a while back. Uh, I went to church with him. We, we, we went to church together. And uh, he, he said to me, or, or I was like, hey, man, or he heard that I was, I was a pastor, and we were talking, and I said, so, so where, like, where are you going to church at now? Like, where? And, and he, he said this. He said, you know, I, I'm not going to church right now. He said, I feel like God told me that I don't, I don't need to, to go to church. And I'm like, bing! <laughs> I'm thinking in my head, well, that's interesting because I feel like the, uh, the psalmist wrote in, in, in Psalms that those who plant their feet in the house of the Lord, their lives would flourish. Last time I checked in, in, in the word, in the, in the Bible, that, that the church is the body of Christ, that we come together with, for fellowship and community to build one, one another up. And I was thinking, man, you might want to rethink that. You might want to rethink whether or not that is God speaking to you or not. Because if, God's, if it's God's whisper, it's going to line up with God's word. And here's, here's the thing, too, about God's word and is this idea that, that when it comes to God's word, we have to learn to be able to hold it to the highest authority in our lives. See, this filter only works when, when you hold God's word to the author, highest authority. Like over your preference, over what you think is right or what is wrong. Like when it comes to God's word, like it's, it's there. We, like we hold, like I hold it to the highest authority. Could I be honest? There are things in the Bible that I don't get there are things in the Bible that I don't understand. There are even things in the Bible that I don't, like, I'm like, mm. but at the end of the day, it is not my choice to decide what I want and what I don't want. Like, when you learn to subject yourself to the authority of the Bible, it's then you can begin to filter everything through it. And so the first filter is this, God's word. Filter number two. Many Jesus, many Jesus, will it make me more like Christ? So when God speaks to you, you can ask yourself, what God is telling me to do, if this is God, will it make me more like Christ? I remember when I was 12, 13 years old, my family and I, we went on a cruise ship. Um, to the Bahamas, and when we were there, there were these uh, kids that we met, and they were from like Georgia and South Carolina, and they all talked like this. <laughs> and so we hung out with them for like the entire week, right? My sister's gonna kill me. But we, we hung out for the entire week, and it's funny because all of a sudden, my sister started talking with an accent. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, like, stop. <laughs> And she, I, I, she's like, she's like, 
This is how I talk. I can't help it. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> but what I understand now is that the more that you hang out with someone, the more that you eventually begin to look like them, the more you begin to sound like them. And this is really the heart of being Christ-like, is that in everything that we do, that we should begin to look more like Jesus. We should begin to think more like Jesus. We should begin to talk more like Jesus. So much so that eventually we just become a mini Jesus. In every aspect of our lives. I love this verse. Uh, Philippians chapter 2 verse 5. In your lives you must think and act like Christ. And your relationship with one another have the same mindset as Jesus Christ. Like God's heart for us is to look more like Jesus. God's heart for you and for me is to look more like Jesus. So that means that when God speaks to us, what he's telling us will never contradict the character of who Jesus is. See, I feel like for a lot of us right now, that already just answered the questions of whether this is God or my wants. Because some of the decisions that we are making that we thought this is God, we're like, wait, that doesn't make me more like Jesus. Come on, we filter. How do we discern the, 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 the whisper of God versus our wants? The first one, what does it line up with the Bible? The second one, does it make me more like Jesus? And here's the third one. The third one, godly counsel. Godly counsel. Does godly counsel agree? Does godly counsel agree? I remember uh, when I was going to, before my wife and I actually started this church, um, we felt, we were, we were like, all right, God, is this really you? Are you really telling us to start a church? Like, I don't want to start a church and then find out, like, this is not you, because I'm going to be mad, right? <laughs> and, and so we went, to, we went to numerous amounts of people who, who we looked up to for, for, for guidance and to say, hey, is this, is this God? Like, is this what God is wanting us to do? And, and, and they would confirm, like, yeah, we, we really feel like this is, this is God's heart and God's plan for your life. And so, uh, and so through that, with godly counsel, with these other filters as well, uh, my wife and I, we knew, okay, this is God's will for our life. That, that this, this idea of starting a church, that it was not just my want, but it was also my whispers. I forgot to mention this at the very beginning, this idea that God does give you desires and wants. And so not all wants are bad, but a way that you can de decipher your wants from God's wants is through the same process as well. And so check out this verse, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15. The way of fools seem right to them, but the wise listen to advice. The way of fools seem right to them, but the wise listen to the advice. This idea that fools, they just try to do whatever they want to do. 
Whereas someone wise goes up to godly counsel and say, hey, what do you think about this? Do you, do you think that this is right? Do you think this is, this is God? And so I would say this too, whenever you're choosing godly counsel, here, here are a couple things that, because the key word is godly counsel. See, some of y'all, you got counsels, but they ain't godly, and it kind of made the situation worse. <laughs> and so, so it's godly counsel, and, and here's godly counsel, three things when you're looking for godly counsel. First one, make sure that person loves Jesus. They got to love Jesus. Second thing, they should love Jesus more than you love Jesus. So it's this idea that you, you, you want to get godly counsel from people who are maybe just a little wiser than you. That, that has a little more tread on their tires. Someone who has been a believer just a little bit longer than you. And then the third one is uh, the, the godly counsel. When you're trying to pick godly counsel, you want to make sure that they don't have an agenda. I think too many times we, we look for counsel with people who have an agenda. And they're not really hearing from God. They're, they're basing it off of what they want you to do. And they steer you the wrong way. Godly counsel. And so we have three filters. Again, we're, we're trying to figure out how do we determine whether or not my time's going. Uh, the band could come up too. Uh, whether or not this is God speaking to me or if this is just my wants. And so the first one, what does the Bible say? Does it align with the Bible? The second one, does it make me more like Jesus? The third one, does godly counsel agree? And here's the fourth one, inner peace. Inner peace. Do I have peace? Do I have peace? I'm gonna cut this story short just because of time. But I remember when I was eight, uh, 18, a lady came to me and said, hey, I, I feel like God gave me a dream about your wife, who your wife is. And she wrote it all down, and it was all nicely written. And at first, I was like, oh, this is amazing. Praise God. Makes it easy, right? <laughs> just checklist. No, 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 that's no. Um, but, but what I noticed is that Eventually, as years would go by, I was just so anxious. Like, oh my gosh, like, the, this is no one. I, I haven't met anyone that, that is on this list, that, that qualifies for this list. And I remember just being stressed out. Like, I remember being actually depressed at some moments of this, of me trying to figure out, because someone told me that God gave it to them, that I was just, I was, I was stressing out. Have you ever been there? And, and then at that moment, I met my, my wife, who would be my wife. And she didn't look anything like this list. And yet I felt like God was saying, this is going to be your wife. And so I was conflicted. I was like, but this lady said that this is what God gave her. But I feel like God's telling me this. And eventually I had to go with where I felt peace at. I also got some godly counsel. And, I, and, and, and so I kind of just said to the beautiful description of a lady that I'd never met, I, that's not God. And I had to go with what I believe God told me. And I'm so glad I listened. But I wish someone at that time would have told me, hey, 
When God speaks, there will be peace. When God speaks, there will be peace. And, and, and what, I, what, what is very um, interesting to me and, and, and very kind of like a, a caution flag, though, when, when I say that what God does, he, he brings peace, is that you have to, too, understand that inner peace does not function on its own. See, I think that if we were all honest, a lot of us, we judge God's voice and we determine God's voice whether or not it gives us peace without the other three filters. And so what happens is that our decisions and our choices, it becomes more based off of comfortability and desire rather than what God is really wanting to say. And so we, we, we're left with this, with this feeling of, man, this is God, this is God, right? Like we've all said it. Well, I, I feel like God's given me so much peace about it. Right? <laughs> you're laughing because you're like, I, just, I feel like God is just giving me so much peace. This is him speaking. And then when you line it up with another filter, like you realize, oh, <laughs> I don't think it's him, right? Like, and here's the tricky thing about inner peace is that I believe that inner peace does not mean that the situation will instantly give you peace, but rather inner peace comes from you surrendering your life to Jesus and knowing that in your weakness, his strength is perfected. And so whatever situation he's telling you to do, because you serve a God who is great and who is mighty, peace will come from that because he is the prince of peace he doesn't just give peace he is peace and that's what I love so much and so the four filters listen I'm trying to help you you can go home today and those things that you're wondering like man is this God put them through the filters and to help you decide whether this is God's whispers or if this is my wants now, going back to the, the story of Samuel, and I'm ending right now, is what I love about this story is that when Samuel finally filtered and decided this is God speaking to him, what I love is that God's whispers unlocked Samuel's destiny. Some of us in here this morning, we're missing out on what God has for us because we're not filtering whether or not he's speaking to us. And so I believe wholeheartedly that God, he, he's been speaking to you. He's been, he's been answering your prayers. He's been, he's been responding to the things you've been asking him. And with these tools, the goal is that it would help you to really know, to really nail down if this is God's whispers or if this is my wants. I believe God has so much that he's wanting to tell you. And it's just a matter of us learning how to tune in to God's voice because he wants to say something. Amen, somebody? Thank you for listening to Discovery Church Podcast. Remember, we will have a new message for you every Monday at 5 p.m. Make sure to like and subscribe and you will be notified when a new episode is ready for listening.